It's not because like the first year of the expansion has been successful that you actually found your product market fit and that everything is going to run smoothly afterwards. So the challenge then is how to keep momentum uh, while your targets are also higher of the second year. Corner, the podcast that helps you open and thrive in foreign markets. This is Steve here, your host speaking, and in this episode, I am welcoming Manon Pella, General Manager for France, the UK, and Netherlands. She's been working for the past five years in Ironhack and started as a country launcher for the Mexican markets. Ironhack is now located in 10 countries and Manon shares with us the expansion playbook they have sharpened across the years that helped them launch six new markets in a year and a half. Hello Manon, so happy to welcome you here on the International Corner Podcast. How are you doing? Hi Tiffen, uh, really great and thanks for having me today. Of course, my pleasure. So today we're going to talk about how you built an expansion playbook and basically managed to open a few countries and in a short amount of time, but we'll detail that afterwards. Perhaps just as an intro for everyone here to better understand who you are and what you do, could you introduce yourself and Iron Ack? Yeah, sure. Uh, so yeah, my name is Manon and I'm currently regional manager uh, at Ironhack. Um, and I can give yeah, further detail afterwards, but Ironhack is basically uh, a tech school uh, ranked number two in the world that aims to train the next generation of junior tech talents. Um, and in other words, we like to um, position ourselves as a marketplace of global tech tech talents by helping people to transform their careers and also helping companies to hire tech uh, talents. But yeah, I can, I can give more, uh, more information uh, afterwards. Um, so I started working at Ironhack five years ago, initially mm-hmm. in Mexico. Before that, I was working in a very different industry. So I started my career mostly luxury and then in fashion because um, I was working for a fashion e-commerce company uh, for two years. And yeah, the things to know about me that since I'm super young, I'm fascinated by Mexico and a huge <laughs> fan of Mexico. And because um, I had a chance to go to Mexico when, yeah, when I was young a couple Amazing. of times and there for a few months and yeah I was based in Paris working for this uh, e-commerce company and uh, I was seeing a lot of things happening on the tech scene in Mexico mm-hmm. I was like wow first I knew that I wanted to change a bit of a sector I wanted to work for a startup in the tech um, in tech industry so I kind of wanted wanted to do like a career change or at least like a a small switch mm-hmm. um, and secondly I knew that I wanted to go to Mexico so basically I quit my job uh, and I announced to all my family and friends okay I quit my job and in a few months I'm going to go to Mexico and find a job uh, there if I can um, and one day a friend of mine told me okay so I just joined a startup um, they are 
Spanish and American. They had just opened Paris, and after Paris, uh, they want to open um, an office in Mexico. Mm, are you interested? So I was like, okay, give me more details. Um, <laughs> and when she initially like talked to me about Iron Hack, I was like, okay, that sounds great, but I don't know anything about uh, the Mexico scene yet and uh, anything about, yeah, like web development, coding. So I'm not sure I'm, I can, I'm, I'm the right fit. Um, but she told me, no, but yeah, come, come to, to Paris office, have a coffee and meet the team. And this is how I met the VP of expansion uh, that was supposed to lead the expansion in Mexico. Uh, and in that moment, they were looking for a general manager in Mexico, uh, but that was taking some time. So I agree with him. Okay, I'm not going to Mexico yet. I'm going to leave in two months. I can so let me go there, find an apartment, etc., and then we can we can we we, we can talk again. So I talked to them again, and they told me, okay, so we haven't found a general manager yet. Uh, but perhaps there is an opportunity for you now. Uh, let's talk. And just after that, uh, they offer me the position of launcher. So basically yeah, launching the operation of Mexico from scratch. And I start uh, the day after. And I went to the off- to WeWork and I say, hey, I'm Manon. I'm, uh, I'm working for Ironhack. Where is the office? And they tell me, what did you say again? Like, which company? And they're like, we don't know about them. Uh, <laughs> And then the VP expansion told me, no, I think you didn't understand. Like, you need to find an office. You need to, like, launch everything from scratch. I was like, okay, let's do this. Challenge accepted. <laughs> I love, uh, I just love how you both took a leap of faith and just decided, okay, uh, you know, like, there's ambition and, you know, it looks like, like, you can do it. And even if technically uh, in your curriculum, like, you didn't have any prior experiences, I think, you know, you just made it happen. So it's, uh, it's great. Yeah, exactly. I, I was yeah, super driven about the mission. And I also thought that, yeah, like there was like a, it was a good moment to launch Iron Hack in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I was extremely excited about the mission. So I was like, okay, I have nothing to lose. Uh, let's, let's, let's try it and let's see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So before getting into like questions of today's, um, this is actually the second episode of season two that we are recording right now. And I'm, I'm having this new concept at the beginning called like the icebreaker. So it's basically okay. just imagine you have a, a dice in between your hands, right? So like you have uh, six sides. If you just pick a number and then I will read a, a question to you and then you, know, you just have to answer, I guess. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, three. <laughs> three. Okay. So what is the toughest moment or period you had to go through this year in your job regarding global expansion? The toughest moment. This year. Uh, this year, yeah. Oh, I mean, you know, if it was two years or three years ago, but like really like yeah, yeah. a tough moment, you know, where maybe you were almost going to give up or, you know, like really, really bad moment. I would say that was, uh, yeah, last year, like in early 2022, because mm-hmm. um, a couple of months ago, um, the 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 CEO of Ironhack gave me the challenge to take over the Netherlands and reboot a bit the country because we are in a pretty delicate situation in that moment. But I can I can I can give you more details after that. Um, and uh, I spent like a lot of energy, months to 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 hire a new team from scratch, etc. And 
trying to re yeah to reboot the country yeah. uh, and I, I I faced a lot of difficulty to to find talents and to hire a team in that moment mm -hmm. so yeah I was yeah I was almost like yeah about to to quit <laughs> not not to quit but to um, yeah. to start, like uh, overseeing the Netherlands and then I found someone that was that was just great uh, to cover the growth manager role and completely reboots uh, the country. But yeah, and she started like in March, but I think in January or February, I was okay. uh, super, 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 yeah, like, uh, yeah, discouraged and, 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 um, and about to, to, to stop working on, yeah, on the, on the, about to, to close the country. <laughs> Well, thanks for sharing that. And what I'm also trying to pinpoint in this podcast is the tough times, because obviously we're all happy when it works, but we know it's it's really hard. So thank you for, for sharing that. I, I, and it looks like you spent two months with a lot of difficulties, a lot of doubts, but you made it through. And it's also yeah. what I love about global expansion is that sometimes... Eight or ten eight months. months eight or ten months. Okay, okay. Sometimes you're going through a lot of a lot of times, you know, like tough times, and then at some point it just happens. You just have like to push through and uh, and and keep being resilient. So thank you for sharing that. Back onto today's matter, just maybe for everyone to understand better. Could you talk us a little bit more about uh, Iron Hack, maybe about the business? What's the target market? What's the average course bootcamp amounts? Just so that we understand. What business yeah. you guys are yeah. in exactly? So yeah, so as I told you, uh, so we 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 train junior tech talents. Um, so Ironhack was founded in 2013 in Spain originally, and we are now located in 10 countries, uh, mostly in the US, Latin America, and Europe. Mm -hmm. And what we do is that we offer intensive courses, what we call bootcamp in web dev, UX, data analytics, and cybersecurity. And now we have graduated more than 14,000 students worldwide. Um, so basically now we have um, yeah, intensive courses um, of nine weeks. Uh, we also have part-time courses of six months, and we offer them uh, on campus in specific uh, cities or online. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Remote courses have proven to be extremely successful the last uh, last two years. Mm. Yep, and, and with COVID, it probably accelerated as well this trend for sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's your ideal, I would say, uh, customer profile, like in terms of like students? Yeah, so I would say in general. Again, it depends on the countries, uh, and that's what's interesting sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like the user so that can be different from a country to another. Uh, but yeah, in France, for example, in Europe in general, I would say like 70% of our students are career changers, career mm -hmm. switchers. Um, so people like, I don't know, they were a barman or working as taxi driver or in finance or in logistics, and they're just done with their uh, career or they just realized that maybe, yeah, did a mistake in their career choices, mm -hmm. uh, but they don't have the time to go back to university and lose five years or three years, whatever. Uh, and they're looking for a very intensive uh, course. Um, and they also know that in tech, there's a lot of good opportunities and plenty of opportunities. Of course. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. Mostly career switchers, uh, then career boosters. Okay. Uh, I don't know, some like a graphic designers who feel a bit stuck in his career mm -hmm. and understand that you need to learn new skills like UX, UI design. And then I would say, yeah, entrepreneurs. 
All right. And what's the, I would say, uh, average price, you know, of uh, of a bootcamp, for instance, just so we can understand a little bit like what we're talking about? Yeah. So also it depends from a country to another. Yeah. So we have a different tuition in Mexico, the US and France. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, in Europe, it's uh, around uh, 7,000, okay. 8,000 euros. <laughs> For uh, the what the six months bootcamp for for instance is that the price for six months? Months bootcamp or uh, nine weeks bootcamp is actually okay. the same um, the same amount of hours. The only thing is that the full time boot full time bootcamp is for people who quit okay. their job and are okay. dedicated to bootcamp, and the part time bootcamps uh, is designed for professionals who can, cannot quit their job and they take the course uh, twice a week by night on Saturdays. Okay. Okay. V- very clear. So uh, prior to this conversation, we, you know, we, we had a talk and you mentioned that uh, you've managed to launch, you know, at Iron Ark, like about six foreign cities, like in, in a, a year and a half or so. And that you guys got the expansion playbook uh, designed, you know, for like, what is it that, that you actually do for your, for your business and how to make sure that whenever you're opening a new country, it goes faster. Could you perhaps tell us a little bit more about it, the different steps perhaps that you guys identified so we can share it with the audience? Yeah, for sure. And actually, I think it's pretty interesting because I think that the Mexico launch was kind of the MVP of what our expansion playbook looked like after. Um, just uh, If you can just uh, precise what MVP means for those who don't know uh, here. Yeah, like minimum viable products. Uh, so it was like more like the tests of our expansion playbook. Thank you. Um, as I said before, so it was a bit uh, not random, but a bit improvised that I started uh, working as a as a launcher for Ironhack. Uh, I think initially I wanted to hire a GM first, but I didn't find the right fit. Um, and then, yeah, they realized that it would be easier to have someone on the ground to launch the first operation and spend more time on finding the right fit. Because, yeah, this is something that is very, very key at Ironhack. Our culture is pretty strong and we are always looking for very passionate people. And, yeah, we don't we do not do compromise on hiring. So that's why they realized that yeah, it was maybe better to have someone that is either is a good fit or, or, or for the company because, again, as I said, I was referred by a friend uh, who was a, an employee of Ironhack uh, who already knows the DNA and who already was an employee and can bring the culture to the new country. Um, so, yeah, so the um, I would say there is like three, um, three important steps. So first is that many tasks can be done remotely before to go to markets. Uh, Some... The tasks I'm referring to is that, for example, admin tasks, like create a legal entity, open the bank accounts. Those tasks uh, are always more time-consuming than expected. Also, like announce uh, this new country or this new market on website. Translate uh, everything on the website. You always take uh, longer. So all those tasks, you can start doing them uh, remotely uh, with no people on the ground. Um, just like quick question on that. When you decide to open and launch a new city or a new country, do you actually go through, I would say, like a stage of market research? I know you guys haven't really done it for like Mexico at, uh, at first, but now do you actually get some like market analysis done before actually getting in there? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. Like we had a VP of operations slash uh, uh, expansion mm-hmm. uh, who has done this market research prior okay. to launching the country. Obviously, <laughs> so this, make sure. this part was uh, like the strategy was led by the VP of operation and expansion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is something that that was agreed with the founders of Ironhack. Um, so they had like a very clear vision of being like the leaders in Americas and Europe, not in Asia, not in Africa, because of yeah of time yeah jet like time zone difference. It would have been a bit complicated uh, to create a culture um, and. Um, and um, and yeah, and offices on different uh, different time zones. Uh, so yeah, they were pretty clear they wanted to be the leaders in Americas and Europe, mm-hmm. and and they did market research to understand which cities to launch first. So okay. the first city would be Mexico, then Sao Paulo. And in Europe, it was Paris and then Berlin and then a couple of other cities. Okay. So yeah, first market research, but I haven't been uh, involved in this part. In, in this part uh, so, okay, so market research done, you said remote admin work in which you mentioned, I think... Remote, remote task. And by remote task, I will say admin task, but also start doing gross action as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. So... Um, what do you mean exactly perfect. by that? What type precisely? So yeah, I think like perfectionism is, is an enemy. So sometimes you better go like 80-20 and done quick and dirty things. Uh, and in gross, it's a snowball effect. Like you start doing a small gross action uh, that will gradually help you to uh, get organic leaks every day. So I don't know, like a gross action. So you can start doing a webinar uh, remotely and not being on the ground. Uh, you can start doing some paid uh, action um, remotely. You can start, I don't know, announcing a partnership without being on the ground. So you can start building a network uh, without being uh, on the ground and um, asking for some intros, adding people on LinkedIn that are in Mexico, for example. So you can start doing a lot of things. Um, and actually, when I start in Mexico, yeah, a lot of things have been done uh, on this side. Like they're already... Uh, Create. They already had launched like paid campaigns for a couple of months. Did some uh, lead acquisition uh, campaign, uh, lead acquisition, lead generation campaigns. They have also bought some da- database uh, to have lead to nurture. They already uh, organized a couple of webinars from Spain and Mexico. So wh- I, when I start, I already had like a, a good amount of leads to nurture, uh, and my role was to yeah to go to the next level <laughs> in that moment. And this first stage of, uh, I would say, remote actions, how long does that usually take? Yeah, I think that, yeah, it can take two or three months before having um, someone, a launcher uh, on the ground. And, and what's, the, like, what's, the, what's the signal um, for you guys internally to say, okay, now we have, uh, I don't know if, is it, the like some kind of like right amount of leads or like do you have you know like a metric or something that tells you okay now it's time to to get the launcher on the ground so yes yeah, so, so something that is very important for ironhack is community building so yeah so we created meetup groups uh, prior to the launch um okay. and we already had like a good amount of uh, people um, of member or on our meetup groups and if I remember correctly, also before uh, starting as launcher, we already had three students uh, enrolled 
uh, we are looking to take one of our courses. Okay. Uh, so this is like validated a bit of our uh, product market fit in Mexico. Mm. All right. Therefore, for each market, you try to wait until you have like a minimum, I would say, amount of students that can actually sign up to say, okay, now is the time to accelerate on that. Yeah. So yeah, for example, I know like the target for the first batch and the first cohort was 15 students. We already had like three students enrolled. So I had like four months to find those 12 other students. <laughs> okay. Basically. Okay. Sounds good. And just questions because you've, you've opened uh, different cities. What I was interesting, if you have this information to know, is with all those gross actions, so you mentioned webinars, paid actions, etc. Do you know if there's like one that you use and it works in every country or literally in each country, something different works? No, something that really works um, for us is events. Like, um, like meetup groups, as I call, yeah, like meetup groups or events with other local communities, etc. Um, it's a very, it's a very easy way to get new leads uh, and people that are, are interested or will be interested at some point in taking one of our courses. Um, as I said before, like the courses are pretty, yeah, are pretty expensive, eight thousand euros. Uh, So before taking these decisions, you want to meet the team or try at least like our methodology, um, et cetera. So something that we always organize is like, uh, yeah, free workshops, free talks where we invite, I don't know, CEO, CTO, uh, people who did a career switch themselves, mm. um, crash bootcamp session uh, of one day, uh, bootcamp, uh, free workshops, uh, open houses to, um, to resolve uh, their jobs, et cetera. So yeah, this is something that we are, yeah, we that has proven to be extremely successful for us to get new leads, but also nurture them and convert them. And in terms of, I would say, like themes. So when you create like meetup groups, uh, are they related to I don't know, uh, like uh, I don't know, like tech uh, tech advice or something like you know what what kind of uh, I would say like meetup groups are you actually creating? I'm guessing not something specifically saying that uh, it's for like courses or or. Oh, no, no, it's okay. a community, um, and yeah, it's free events okay. uh, to get to know more about uh, tech opportunity, tech opportunities, or to uh, yeah, know more about coding, UX, UI design, that mm. data, but also tech, uh, tech, uh, tech uh, topics. <laughs> All right, very good. So you would say that this is what you've done in pretty much every market and this has yeah. helped to yield some results in terms of amounts of students that you could nurture yeah. afterwards? So on the first phase of the launch, yes. Uh, so yeah, events, community, PR, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, try and yeah, partner with uh, local communities or mm, Tech startup that are that are sexy in, the, in those particular cities, uh, and to always uh, associate Iron Hack to local brands. Okay. Mm. Yeah. So, for example, when when I start, uh, I was obsessed about organizing like meetups or events with uh, very famous uh, tech companies in Mexico, like mm -hmm. Uniqlo, like. Unicorn, etc., or Google in Mexico, WeWork, etc., to to position our brand among the ecosystem. Okay. Okay. So you said, so that's basically the first phase that can be done remotely, as you mentioned, like a bit of admin work, but also uh, some gross tasks, at least to do the groundwork before getting into uh, the ground. And I would say, yeah. 
first, you can do a lot of tasks remotely before being on the ground mm -hmm. uh, and this is something that can be handled either by a launcher and if you don't have it uh, by, a, by a global team or employees of Ironhack um, okay. so, yeah for example yeah in Mexico the marketing and the, the global marketing and operation team um, to cover these parts then the second step will be to hire a launcher on the ground Um, so as I said before, ideally someone who already knows the culture and the DNA of the company, or like my case, uh, someone that was referred by an employee and that will be a strong fit. Um, so yeah, when I'm talking about the fit, I think that when you're launching from scratch in a new market, you're working very hard. Uh, long hours, uh, you're going through tough moments, um, you're alone. <laughs> so it's also super important to enjoy spending time with uh, the rest of the team you're working with that are in different countries. Um, and also a launcher um, will be like the first, um, the first um, seeds um of the DNA you're going to settle in the country. So you, you need to show them very carefully. Um, so I think yeah, the main skills maybe to be a, a good launcher will be someone that is generalist, mm -hmm. someone that is hands-on, uh, growth-driven, like we, yeah, we're always looking for people that, are, that have this growth mindset, um, Hard worker because yeah, when you launch a new country, you work a lot, and uh, with an outgoing personality also, because yeah, you need to be open to meet a lot of people, being outside, uh, uh, create a community from scratch, etc. I'm guessing. Do you uh, are you looking for uh, I would say like launchers that are more sales oriented or marketing slash growth oriented because as you have more of a B2C approach, I'm guessing that marketing or slash growth is something very important. Yeah. Because as I said, like obviously part of the job is, is related to operation, but some of them can be done remotely. Mm -hmm. So what really makes a difference is the growth action. So yeah, something that we truly appreciate. It's a, uh, it's a, uh, Yeah, growth-driven person. Okay. And so from that moment where the, the launcher comes on board, how long does it take before you, uh, generally speaking, now that you've opened like a few, uh, a few cities, like how long does it usually take before you actually see a difference in terms of the number of students that actually yeah. sign up for your courses? Yeah. So in my case, it took me three months, um, but because I had like a deadline uh, to... Um, to stick because um, yeah the first uh, the first batch is as already was already announced on the websites so i knew that on the 18th of january <laughs> i had to find a campus a team and already have like 15 students to actually launch iron hack in mexico so in my case it was three months but yeah the, then it depends on the countries uh, on the launch but i think you usually it's, it's usually between three or six months okay um, so then after your first your first cohort of students. All right, then it means when you get on the ground, the launcher is, uh, is going to start some growth actions and then you actually start hiring as well a team, like what kind of team, what type of profiles you guys need? Yeah. 
So yeah, so then when you start the launching phase, I will say the um, there's three things and three yeah three main responsibilities. So first, uh, raise awareness around our brands, our launch in these new markets mm-hmm. uh, through PR events, as I said, partnerships, uh, and create a network of partners. Um, and when I say partners, is uh, companies that uh, that will be interested in hiring our students after the course, um, partner from the ecosystem uh, that want to that want to to organize events or, or help you um, help you to 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 have visibility uh, on the ecosystem mm-hmm. and create. Uh, yeah, like the, um, action together, um, and also yeah, just people that will introduce you other people. <laughs> so I remember like uh, when I was in the launching phase. So first I had like okay, every day I want to spend thirty minutes in a growth hack um, to either have more people uh, um, connected on LinkedIn, more followers on Meetup, more followers on social media or, uh, or um, more traffic on the websites. Uh, and also I set other KPIs to have at least uh, four coffees or four beers or four meetings a week with someone that could introduce me to new people, to other people, to start creating my, my own network in Mexico because I was completely newbie <laughs> yeah n- networking is a big one and let's pause here a moment because you mentioned the kpi thing and uh, i just want to um focus a little bit on that uh, for you like when you got on, on the ground and perhaps for the other launchers at iron hack what type of metrics do you have to follow to to make sure that you're on track yeah so this this is a kind of kpi i set for myself uh so it's not yeah, I don't know if this is something that I, I did in my OKRs directly, but it's more like the way for me to to uh, to make sure I was on track. Yeah. But uh, yeah, in terms of KPIs, it was like more like uh, yeah, volume of application for courses, volume of leads, volume of traffic, um, a number of partners that were they were interested in in hiring in stu- our students in the future. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I was announcing constantly, like uh, by email or on LinkedIn. Okay, so um, uh, Uber will be a new hiring partner for Einhack in Mexico and as they are looking for ter- ter- 10 junior uh, web developer, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, um, uh, minimum number of uh, hiring partners. Uh, and yeah, number of, of leads mm. okay. that could come from events or by building a database from all, from uh, other um, other schools, etc. All right, very clear for KPIs. Just wanted to backtrack a little bit because partners, I think, is a big thing. And when we just discussed again earlier prior to this conversation, I, I think it's a big part also of, of how you manage to develop yourselves in different countries. How do you actually find them? Like, how do you reach out to them? You mentioned LinkedIn, but do you, I don't know, do you make some also like research of, uh, of, of where you could actually find them sometimes? Like, just interested in knowing a little bit more about it. Yeah. So this, I think, will be the next step of the of the expansion. So okay. during the launching, 
I say like raise awareness around our brands, then launch the operation from scratch. Mm -hmm. So find a cool office, find local financing partner, local accountants, the payroll and tax providers, etc. Mm -hmm. And then hiring, hire a rock, rock star team. And as I said, no matter how long it takes, there is no compromise uh, to be done on hiring. Sometimes it can take longer and not as you initially uh, plan on your roadmap. Like sometimes you say, okay, first I'm going to hire a general manager. You don't find it, but you find a super strong candidate to be program manager or growth manager and you, uh, and you end hiring this person. When you end this launching phase and you finally... Um, and you finally launch your first cohort of students, uh, something that happened to be extremely powerful and successful for us was to close the, a partnership um, and a scholarship partnership. Okay. So for every single um, market we open, on the second phase, um, our, our objective was to close a partnership. So in Mexico, on the first year, I did it with Uber. Mm. And basically, say the CEO of Ironcrack, he asked for an intro from Uber. Ah, yeah. Because we already done a, a partnership in Miami, and we asked for an intro uh, from them, their teams in Mexico. And we replicate uh, and adapt it uh, somewhat. Um, we replicate what we've done in, in Miami, in Mexico. So basically, the partnership was to give um, scholarship to the drivers and the users of uh, Uber, mm -hmm. um, and uh, it was like a win-win, win-win um, partnership because then we announced in PR that Uber was helping his driver to do a, a carry switch or to have like. A, uh, a second chance in their career uh, by helping them to become web developers. And for us, it also was uh, a win because it helped us to access to the world Uber uh, database mm -hmm. uh, because they announced it through uh, their uh, app, through uh, in-app notification, uh, an email to the database, etc. So okay. in the first year, it helped us to... Uh, to, uh, to get access to the huge audience. Um, so this is what we've done in Mexico in the first year. Uh, this is what we've done uh, in Europe, in Paris, Berlin, and Amsterdam with Vinted. Okay. And the idea, with, the idea behind Vinted was to help women, um, um, was to... Um, to, uh, to help women to launch a career in tech because uh, those scholarships were, uh, were only for women. This is what we've done um, in Brazil uh, with Uber also, but then with, uh, with the bank. Uh, and this is what we've done um, yeah, in Europe with the Sims, etc. So in the first year, uh, the idea, yeah, we had like clear targets to close a scholarship partnership. And... This is completely game changer because uh, in two weeks, like, I don't know, like when I was in Mexico on the first month, maybe we were receiving, I don't know, 50 apps a month. Wow. Okay. And uh, um, with Uber, I managed to get 15,000 apps in only one week. <laughs> wow. Um, okay. So it was crazy. 
And then you can nurture those leads, etc. Yeah, it completely help us to, to 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 get awareness in Mexico. So would you say because because obviously like uh, it's a temporary thing, right? Like people go through a bootcamp of nine weeks and six months, and then after, uh, I'm guessing they don't necessarily come back. So it's not like repeated purchase uh, for you. So yeah. just uh, to better understand, like how do you sustain? afterwards right like a, a flow of uh, new students coming in every promotion or i don't know how you call them but you know every time that you're starting like a uh, new programs new boot camps like how do you make sure you have this constant flow of uh, required numbers of students that come in are you still just i don't know um entertaining uh nurturing the base of uh yeah. what you acquired at the beginning or there's always you know some new actions some new uh, i don't know partnerships in so that you make sure that you get the right amount of people yeah yes so yeah we know a SaaS company <laughs> <laughs> uh and every two months we're starting uh yeah like we we're starting from zero again because we need to we need to find new students that will start again and the lifetime mm -hmm. value of The student at IMRAC is really short. Um, so basically, yeah, every three months, uh, I need to fulfill my boot camps again. Yeah. Uh, and I, have, I can have like between um, four or five study dates uh, um, a year uh, for full time boot camps. And then I have to add the part time. So sometimes, yeah, you need to fulfill uh, 25 boot camps a year. Okay. Um, and for each boot camp, you have between 20 and 25 students. Um, so yeah, Dynamic referral is extremely important. Mm -hmm. uh, that's why also we don't do compromise on the quality of our bootcamp uh, and the NPS is a, is a very important uh, metric for us because mm -hmm. yeah, we want a lot of on referrals because uh, we know that someone Yeah, we know that the graduates and our students are our best uh, promoters. Um, and then they can talk about Iron Hack to their friends, I call their cousins, etc. Et so referral is referral and word of mouth is super important for us, but we cannot only count on that. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so I would say, yeah, partnership, as I said, like the scholarship partnership, uh, especially when you launch a new, a new, a new market on the two first years. Uh, yeah, it can, yeah, it's a game changer. It can really help you to reach your targets or not. Uh, so yeah, in Mexico, I did it with Uber on the first year, on the second year with a unicorn uh, company called Rappi. Uh, which is a, co a Colombian uh, startup, uh, delivery startup. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, community building, like yeah, Dynhack events, create a community and make tech accessible to anyone is super important. So yeah, we, we organize between two or three events a week. Um, okay. They're completely free and open to anyone um, to, to do a workshop or learn, so learn something from us. Okay, very clear. So trying to sum up uh, what you said in terms of, I would say, your expansion in playbook at Iron Hack. So three steps. You mentioned the first one, uh, admin and, and growth hacking actions. I would say that you could do remotely. You mentioned opening a bank account, all those admin stuff, everything regarding like webinars, paid ads, for instance, that you could do re remotely. So you have like a set of actions you do beforehand that usually mm -hmm. last between two to three months. 
Yeah, exactly. Then you have the launching phase. So this is when you get a country launcher on the ground. So as you mentioned, like no compromise on who you want to hire. Fit, uh, cultural fit is something very important for you guys, which I think uh, resonates a lot with what others have said in this in this podcast. And during that time, the idea is like to find the right person, raise awareness. So doing lots of events, finding some partners, uh, and uh, you know, uh, uh, build the entities and hiring people from the team that's going to take care of like boot camps. That's your uh, second step. And the third step, you mentioned partnerships, very key for you. You mentioned the scholarship, but also to keep building on what you've done before. It's important to keep nurturing the potential students and also uh, keep doing like events and community building because that's what apparently helps you guys to fill up every 25 boot camps per year that you have. Yeah, it's kind of our secret sauce. So yeah, <laughs> very important for us. Okay, perfect. One last question before getting into the oops, my bad time. Do you have like any examples of, of countries that you tried to expand and it didn't work and, and why? Okay, so <laughs> uh, okay, I have plenty of examples, but I think uh, one that is maybe interesting to mention is it's not because like the first year of the expansion has been successful that you actually found your product market fit and that everything is going to run smoothly afterwards. Because, um, yeah, usually, like, uh, on the first year, like, you have a launcher that's extremely, extremely motivated, extremely driven. You put a lot of efforts and resources on the launch like the whole company is um, is um, is watching at the launch um, is drawing attention of the founders etc sometimes you have like bigger marketing budgets um, when also announcing a launch in a country you draw attention on curiosity of uh, the press potential partner etc so the challenge then is how to keep momentum Uh, while your targets are also higher on the second year. Mm -hmm. um, so, I think I, I'm going to give you again the example of the Netherlands. Um, mm -hmm. So on the first year, we had like a very successful year. Like we replicate like our, our, our expansion playbook. We, yeah, we, we apply our expansion playbook and we really apply it by the book and everything worked really smoothly um, so we found the, an office pretty quickly uh, we did a lot of community building um, also with a lot of uh, like in the Netherlands you know there is a lot of foreigners with a lot of foreigners community like Brazilian in Amsterdam uh, Indian in Amsterdam etc um, and we also launched uh, this partnership with Vinted on the first year mm -hmm. so yeah we did We reach a target, and we are super, extremely happy and confident about um, about um, about our future in the Netherlands. But then the COVID hit us, mm -hmm. <laughs> and we quickly realized that in the Netherlands specifically, we were really, really dependent on international students, um, and those students could not travel to the Netherlands anymore. And in this moment, we realized that maybe we didn't localize enough uh, our campaigns or our attention to actually target Dutch students. Um, and yeah, that the, yeah, the COVID hit us. Uh, also in the Netherlands, like uh, we had some lockdown, not necessarily on the same dates and in other countries. So they came after. 
So I was like, okay, now I'm going to reopen the campus. And then, bam, the government announced a new lockdown when we were uh, we managed to reopen uh, the campuses in Spain and Paris, yeah. etc. again. Um, so I completely, completely revisit uh, the strategy of, uh, of the Netherlands. Uh-huh. Um, I was like, yeah, first I need to target more Dutch students and be less dependent on international students because maybe here we came with a, a too much international approach mm-hmm. and not localized enough. And I also realized that in the Netherlands specifically, also because I was hiring a new team and interviewing a lot of profiles, like people were really interested in uh, remote position. They were not interested in working um, in an office anymore. That also in the, ne- the Netherlands is extremely well connected. Like you can live in Rotterdam, Utrecht, Eindhoven, and um, and. Uh, and it's a small country, but people don't really want to take the trend every day and they're interested in more remote positions. So this is when I came to the conclusion that maybe in the Netherlands, we don't need a campus anymore. We need to completely revisit um, our, our strategy and transition into a remote um, remote offering mm-hmm. instead of a campus offering and stop targeting international in Amsterdam but start targeting Dutch students in the whole country. Okay. Um, and when, yeah, when I did this, uh, complete, when I when I did this change and change uh, and pivot a little bit the strategy, um, I revisited how I wanted to build my team, etc. And uh, on the third year, we managed to uh, to um, to find a market fit in the Netherlands nice. and, and recover from. Nice, and that's actually a great example to say that uh, the launching phase is not, uh, as you mentioned, like it's not because you hit some some success that it's actually something that will keep you yeah. going. And and so th- thank you for sharing this because I think it's a great example in our hack history. Like the first year, the, they were pretty successful. We always okay. managed to get, but the second year, it's, it's uh, tough. Stuff, yeah. Okay. And just um, coming back to what you said at the beginning, when you said that it started to work again, was that, you know, what you mentioned, it was, uh, I think, like March or something last year? Like, did that actually fit, you know, the time where you said, okay, now, you know, it's going back, uh, back up again? Yeah, so I decided to first hire a Dutch person in my team because I don't speak Dutch at all. Okay. I was like, so I need someone who speaks Dutch. Uh, she had done a bootcamp, um, not at Eindhoven, but uh, so she was a carry changer, so she perfectly knew uh, the user persona. Uh, and she was 100% uh, growth-driven. So yeah, okay. I was like, okay, now I'm going to look for a city manager or someone in charge of operation. I'm going to look someone. I'm going to look for someone with growth driven, who has a marketing approach, and perfectly knows the market and speaks Dutch okay. to help me to really understand the market um, to have more localized action. Okay, amazing. Well, I mean, now we're going to the last section, which I think could actually be the last answer you you you, you gave. But let's try to find maybe another <laughs> short example. Yeah, it's the it's the uh, it's the oops, my bad time. It's- Whoops, my bad. It's a few minutes at the end for every guest to share one big mistake or a setback that happened during one of the country's launching mission. The idea is to share some learnings with listeners really here. Yeah. So um, another mistake we've done was last year, I think. Um, it's because we start um, 
our remote course is starting to have a, a lot of success and we're growing faster than our campus um, um, campus um, courses. We were like, and at the same time, one of our strengths was community building. We start thinking of a new way to do expansion that was uh, doing expansions through our remote courses. And we realized like we had the few resources across different cities and we were like, okay, maybe we can try to do some tests and announce that we are um, launching new cities, but in fact, we are doing through our remote courses. Mm. So to give you an example, I had someone in my team that was based in Bordeaux and I was like, okay, so maybe we can start announcing that we're going to launch a campus in Bordeaux. Uh, a kind of hybrid campus. So we're going to find an office and give the access to the office to the students if they want to come. But actually, the courses are going to be uh, remotely. And I test Bordeaux only because I had someone in Bordeaux. I mean, uh-huh. Bordeaux also happened to be a very strategic city because it's pretty, the tech ecosystem is pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty active. But uh, we did this test, this test in Tampa, in, uh, in, uh, in the US, in Dusseldorf, uh, in Germany, in Valencia, in Spain, without really working on the market research and okay. not really investing on those new cities. <laughs> and I think the conclusion here is that there is no silver bullet uh, if you don't work enough in your market research and invest enough on your expansion magic one happened and yeah. actually, yeah we realized that we didn't yeah we fell a little bit in creating those this new expansion um playbook um, and we finally decided to be 100 focused on remote courses without announcing uh, uh new um, new cities opening okay okay so you went a little bit softer than and just decided to do remote and not uh, not yeah, really yeah. mention like a new city well, I mean, we had a very different approach than what we've done before, like and really sending someone on the ground and, and, <laughs> and investing, etc. Well, what you just said definitely rings a bell. I think that's uh, one of the lessons everyone shares in this podcast is that if you don't invest, uh, you can't expect like really high returns. Like so, <laughs> so that's that's pretty much aligned. Thank you so much, Manon, for all your insights today. It was so interesting. I hope that the audience also learned from it. I know that uh, getting to understand how you built your expansion playbook to find you know those new students for the bootcamp, it was really insightful. So thank you so much. Thank you, Tiffany, for having me here and. Um, yeah, learning a lot from your podcast, so it's great. <laughs> Thank you. Learning. Thank you. And I guess until next time, then have a good one. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening until the end. If you liked this episode, don't forget to subscribe to not miss the next one. And please share it with two people in your network. This is how this podcast gets more visibility and can help more of us to work on international markets. See you soon.